When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, It's time for a baseball podcast. And it's we can do a playoff preview because we know who all of the teams are. And so... Uh, with me, as always, is Bally Senior MLB writer David Brown. David, how are you? Hi, Andy. I'm good. I'm I'm as relieved as Aaron Judge's mom and as permed as Jason Stark's hair. Yeah, that's both of those things are. <laughs> there's a lot of both. Uh, yeah, so we're recording this on uh, on Tuesday night, and Aaron Judge has just. Uh, established a tremendous milestone he is now uh tied for seventh all time for home runs in a season uh no i guess he established the american league record for home runs with his 62nd down there in what is the new park in texas called that's not globe life field that's the one next door that they still haven't torn down because it's perfectly functional Uh, well it is globe life park isn't it oh globe life people just got to just move the sign guys we paid plenty for it well and change um field to park yeah okay it is globe life field and then globe life park changed its name i think to choctaw stadium (laughs) that doesn't sound like you should be able to do that that doesn't seem like i should be allowed well, I mean, not on the. I guess if the Choctaws uh, say it's okay, then you're fine. Right. When we uh, we moved to Michigan for a few years, um, we were in northern Michigan, and there was a uh, um, a band of uh, there was a tribe that were very active. They had a, yes, they had a casino, but they had charities and other stuff, and um, they called themselves Indians. Hmm. And get very, we get very offended when people would try to call them Native Americans. <laughs> it was the opposite <laughs> of what you thought. They're right. like, no, no, we're Indians. I go, oh, all right. You, you, we'll call you what you want to be called. So I've got a, I've got a, I've got a thinker for you here. Look, I, it's easy for me because I looked it up. Now that uh, Aaron Judge uh, is the single season American, I guess it didn't change from yesterday. This, this stat. But of the twenty, uh, of the twenty seasons where American League players hit uh, the most home runs, I'm not saying this right. Uh, how many <laughs> of those? Confused already. How many of those um, 
seasons. How how do I say this so it's in English? It's too late. We'll just spit it out and then we'll see if I understand. Of the top 20 home run seasons in American League history, how many of them have been done by a New York Yankee? Oh. Wow. Uh, Major League or I was... American League. Just American League. How many? Well, we got Judge, we got uh, Maris, we got Mantle, got Ruth, uh, maybe Stanton? Has Stanton led the league in home runs? Is that what you're asking? No, no. The, the, I'm looking for the total number. Guys, can you can do it more than once? Just of the top twenty, how many of those seasons belong to a Yankee? Twelve. Ten. Oh. That was pretty much half. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. Now in the National League, nobody has um, that many. But what team has the most? You're going to say the Cubs, aren't you? I am, because it is them. And it's them because it's five, and it's four Sammy Sosas and one Hack Wilson. And Hack Wilson, okay. The Giants come pretty close. They had four. You know, they tried to confuse me because some of them are New York Giants. Uh-huh. Uh, Barry Bonds was not a New York Giant. Willie Mays. Willie Mays. Johnny Mize. Right. And Mel Ott? the other giant there no there's another I promise I counted Barry again oh so you go those are my my two fun facts Uh, although there's another we got another trivia question so the top four seasons in American League history are done by Yankees Aaron Judge Mm -hmm. Roger Maris Babe Ruth and Babe Ruth who's the first non-Yankee to appear on the list. And he did it 90 years ago. Jimmy Fox. Yes, Jimmy Fox. F-O-double-X. Uh, loosely, uh, the character that Tom Hanks played in A League of Their Own was loosely based on him, was it not? Jimmy Fox? Sure. It does sound like I've heard that before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jimmy Fox fifty-eight. Hank Greenberg hit fifty-eight in thirty-eight. A Rod fifty-seven in two thousand two with the Rangers. Couple of Junior Griffey seasons ninety-seven, ninety-eight hit fifty-six both years. Yeah. Do you remember this? You probably do because you're a baseball writer. Jose Bautista. Yeah. Fifty-four in twenty ten for the Blue Jays. He hit as many home runs as Mickey Mantle hit in 1961. In fact, there are there's a lot of 54s. One, two, three, four, five, six times. Jose Bautista, Mickey Mantle, Big Poppy, A-Rod with the Yankees, hmm. and then two Babe Ruths. And then Chris Davis. Oh, wow. Of the Orioles. Is that 50, 53 in 2013? I would imagine is that the offseason when he signed the enormous contract that he didn't hit <laughs> one more home run, I think, ever. Then Aaron Judge from 2017. And then Mickey Mantle and Mark McGuire. And I think I've got down to the 20. I don't know. The National League. 
there's an ad that's right over this. It's very handy. Bonds of McGuire, one, two. Then Sammy, then McGuire, then Sammy, then Sammy. Then 2017, Giancarlo Stanton at 59. I see. Uh, Ryan Howard, 58 in 2006. Luis Gonzalez, 57 home runs in 2001. You know, I don't, of all, if anything is going to make me believe in steroids, it's probably that one. That they shouldn't just put an asterisk by his name; they should type his name out in asterisks. Right? They should, yes, <laughs> yeah, like on a like on a seventies ballpark scoreboard, or yeah. Uh, then Hack Wilson with fifty six. So Hack's record. 1930, that stood for a long time. Yeah. 68 years. Until McGuire and then Sammy both broke it. Uh, Ralph Kiner, former Cub, 54 with the Pirates. Pete Alonzo, 53 with the Mets in 2019. George Foster, 52 in 97. In fifty in seventy seven, yeah. yeah, and I know that just from baseball cards and from yeah. like our whole childhood. He was always the last guy to hit right. fifty home runs, and he'd be like him. <laughs> the guy, the guy, I knew him as a Met, and he just got booed all the time. I remember when he's uh, he wasn't traded, but he he went to the White Sox. It was one of Ken Harrelson's fine acquisitions. Mm, the same wow. year they got Steve Carlton. And I think he hit a home run in his first game and then didn't hit many more after that. But they were just like, hey, are you celebrity? Yeah, come play for the White Sox. Hey, Hawks heard of you. He wants you to come play (laughs) for him. So Foster, Willie Mays, also 52. Andrew Jones, Ralph Kiner, Willie Mays, Johnny Mize, all hit 51. And then the 50 home run guys, Prince Fielder, Sammy Sosa in 2000 which I believe was the only time he led the National League in home runs. Hmm. In 63 times and did not lead the league in home runs any of those times. Um, and Greg Vaughn, 98 with the Padres. Mm-hmm. So there you go, everybody. They're like, oh, that's great. It's fun to listen, listen to a guy read lists. <laughs> so, yeah, we so we know the playoff picture. And... I was thinking about it this morning, and it got me thinking. Actually, the demise of the Brewers is what got me thinking, because I enjoyed it. Yes. Um, best record in the National League after 50 games. Their best start ever after 50 games. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but that's kind of on brand for them. Remember they once started a season with, was it 13 consecutive wins? And then later had a 12-game losing streak? Didn't make yeah, the playoffs. 87. Yeah. Juan Nieves. No hitter with Robin Yount making the catch in Baltimore. So the and I was we talked about this before and I was completely wrong as I want as I want to be. The uh, wild card rounds are all in one city. Well, they're not all in one city. That would be good. They should do that though. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament a couple years ago was only in Indianapolis or Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, they could do that. Okay, guys, we're gonna put all the teams in Toledo. And we're just going to play. You find a public park, you're going to play. It's great. No, um, if you are the if you're the low seed, you don't get a home game. Right. 
So the Red Hot Phillies whew, came smoking into the playoffs with seven wins in their last 17 games. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I was watching the uh, I watched the final couple of innings of that, and Tom McCarthy was doing the call, and he something about it. Hey, they've surged into Red October. I, like, hey, <laughs> I think the circuit breaker blew a couple of weeks ago, Tom. You might want to reset it. Phillies Cardinals and uh, Padres Mets are your National League series. The American League, the Rays and the Guardians and the Mariners are going to Toronto to play the Blue Jays. So the thing I was thinking about today, though, was I was thinking about the Brewers. And I want to get your expert opinion on this. How many teams in the National League tried to make the playoffs this year but didn't in this expanded thing that Rob Manfred dreamed up that's so exciting yeah how many teams were like you know what we're going for we're going to go playoffs how many of those teams uh, are left on the outside looking in I mean you know I see what you're getting at the um... I'm looking I would say maybe maybe two. I think it's two. It's it's the Giants. It's the and Giants the and the Brewers. Now and that's it. Like the Diamondbacks know, ended up, the Diamondbacks ended up being better than they thought, but they were bad early. And they were good. They, oh, yeah. they look like a good young team. They weren't. They didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They didn't. The Rockies didn't try. The Cubs. Well, they did sign Chris Bryant. That's true. Of course, the Rockies are. They're, 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 they get weird. their own weird category, but for the purpose the Reds of this, definitely did not try. The Cubs did not try, and the Pirates did not try, and that leaves uh, the uh, Miami didn't try. No. Yeah, and the Nationals. the Brewers. If I can qualify this a little bit, the Brewers sort of tried with what they had last year. You know the the off season after last year. Did they try after that? I'm not sure that they did. Actually, I think they they're they're really coasting on. I'd have to look at all the moves, but it does. It seems to me that they they left themselves short. I mean, they they tried, but it was in 2021 that they tried, yeah. and they were just hoping that it would carry over. You know, for the last few years, they've had really good pitching, and it's they just outside of like what trading for Willie Adamas. It's like they don't even they don't even really try to fix the offense. <laughs> it's like ah, it'll figure itself out. Well, it never does. Yelich is just uh, I don't know if it's back or or what, but he's not he's not a singles hitter, but he's certainly you know he I think a little bit is that he passed his prime and he he was going to have a kind of a brief twenty seven year old prime, and now that he's thirty, but he's got some kind of physical ailment and probably a mental one too just a block about hitting and he's just not it's not that he's no good but he's not very good anymore no and he's now this was the year his contract finally kicked in so now <laughs> they're true. paying him like 27 million dollars to be bad or right. to be mediocre right he was better this year but that better is not good he's um it's it's like the Cubs Jason Hayward contract, except 
<laughs> before the contract kicked in, the Brewers got an MVP season and an almost MVP season. Then they got duped into signing the contract, which is the thing, you know, they never, it, it, the very Brewer thing to have done would have been after the second year to have traded him. Right. So, ooh, we got two great years out of him, and now we can't, we're, we can't afford to pay him. Maybe it was a small market, even though our owner is a billionaire. Um, you got to go, sorry, Christian. And that would have been the savvy move. But instead, they're now stuck with, I mean, at some point, they probably will trade him, but they will be stuck with, a large for chunk I mean, of how his do you... contract for. I just think if he if, if he's amenable, at some point they'll be like, you know what, well, you'll try this somewhere else. You're a sunk cost. We're gonna he have totally... to. We're gonna have to pay a ton of it. Um, and maybe not. I mean, the Cubs for a while tried to trade Hayward, and nobody. Everybody's like, well, what do we want that for? Right. And then he had a partial no trade for a while, and then he got his ten to five rights, and then they just had to cut him. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but the Cubs uh, had a little farewell thing for Jason. Very awkward Heard farewell thing. You know, he's getting a year on his contract. And, <laughs> and they're like, oh, thanks for all the great things you've done. Uh, we don't want you to try to do them anymore. Uh, <laughs> and he was he seemed very appreciative. And the skeptic in me, I don't know if you know that there is one, thought they seem to be making a really big deal out of this. And I almost wondered if it was the Cub way of reminding fans, yeah, we've got some money to spend next year, but don't forget, we still got to pay this guy. So don't get <laughs> too excited. That right. money doesn't fall off for one more year. Right. I kind of wondered about that, but I don't think so. Um, I came up with more teams in the American League that I thought tried to make the playoffs. But that's it's weird, right? Cuz the Orioles would be one of them, but did they did they didn't no. really expect to do this. So that doesn't even really count. It was like a bonus. Like, hey, look. No, they, they didn't. I mean, the, I mean the the players tried, yeah. but the front office didn't. They they didn't add anything in the offseason and then they cut a, their closer, they got rid of their closer and one of their better hitters at the deadline. Yeah. And you know a team leader, All right, a yeah. cancer so, survivor, so Trey Mancini. So then I only have one more. I have one more team in the American League than in the National League. I have three. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the White Sox, the Twins, and the Red Sox. Oh, I forgot about the Red Sox. I'm bad at this. Yeah, the Red Sox would count. Obviously, they did not expect to go 76 and 84. I was throwing the yeah. Angels in. Yeah, sort of. Because they, I mean, they did. They did, and they're just bad at it. Right. I didn't count Texas yet. I mean, they went out and they spent some money, but they were so bad that they had to know mm -hmm. it's a multi-year thing before they're contenders. I would say they were they were trying to maybe get to five hundred, yeah. and they're they're well short of that. But um, if they win fifteen out of their last two games, <laughs> is that possible? They could make it. Maybe. So, I've got a question for you. Did the Mets collapse? I mean, I mean, it's not a collapse like we're used to using that word. Yeah. 
collapse. I mean, I get they sort of collapsed in Atlanta in the last series. Oh, right. They were in first place for when you count off days. 175 days. And they will not right. finish the season in first place. In the second Do you half, know if that's the record? I don't know. Yeah. In the second half, they were they are now 42 and 26. It's the fifth best record in baseball. Right. They they the problem is the Braves just happen to have the best record in baseball. <laughs> for the second <laughs> right. Game. Right. So, I mean, as much as much fun as I would like to take out of uh, retribution for them chasing down the Cubs years before I was born. Basically, that's what happened to them. Because yeah. the '69 Cubs didn't didn't truly collapse either. It's just that the freaking Mets wouldn't lose. Right. Actually, I better look at this. I think 69 Cubs, they got towards the very end. I think, honestly, I think the Cubs kind of collapsed after the Mets caught them. Because they finished, that like, I think they finished, like, eight games out. I remember, uh, I, I've just, I've done some research, and I know the Mets have one of the two or so best, since 1969, one of the best records in September, October. I think that them and the Orioles, like the next year, have like the most wins or, or the best winning percentage, something like that. So I mean, I mean, but that was after the September was. They had already caught the Cubs, I believe. Had they not? I don't know. They caught them on. Oh crap! I just scrolled up and lost it. They caught them on September ninth. Well, they had okay. So it's, and the Cubs were eighty four and fifty eight at the time, and they finished. 92 and 70. So they went. So. Oh, they went 8 and 8. Yeah, it's like they collapsed. Because in <laughs> September that year, they went 8 and 17. In my mind, I'd always thought that they were kind of muddling along. The Mets were catching them. And then as soon as they got caught, the Cubs were like, oh, fuck, it's over. And then the lead got huge, which it did. Because I don't think. Because the Mets. While the Cubs were going 8 and 8 to finish, the Mets just kept pouring it on. A smart guy would have had a little looked this up before instead of now. But hey, that's the fun of listening. Listen to Andy Google. Is it fun? Yeah. Yeah, that's what twenty three and seven in September. They went twenty one and ten in August. Yeah. That's one of the best last months in history since the division started. What that's like one or one A. From the day they caught the Cubs, that seems like a lot more games. Did my is my math wrong? Eighty-three. They went seventeen and five. Yeah. So. So screw them. They deserve to blow it this year. <laughs> Some guy made a meme. Uh, it was from from Game of Thrones. It was uh, it was. Um, I don't even remember the characters' names now, even though I've watched the entire series twice. But anyway, it was the uh, guys stabbed somebody. It was stabbing, and he had captioned it. It was the 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 2022 Cubs stabbing the 2022 Mets, 
and his thing was the 2004 Cubs send their regards. <laughs> my reply was, I wish the 2015 Cubs had sent their regards instead of the 2022. Because right. the Cubs uh, could have gone into the World Series if they beat the Mets, but they didn't do that. And that, that would have been the end of the gold curse. Right there. It would have been perfect symmetry. They would have been back, and then they would have avenged um, their their best chance, one of their best chances previous to that. Um, well, in 84, if they'd have made it, they would have played the the Tigers. Yeah. And um, that's who they were playing when, uh, <laughs> uh, when the GOAT got kicked out of the... I always thought that was the... It's like the dumbest curse ever. The guy's pissed because he couldn't bring his GOAT to the stadium? Right. Like, why would you expect to be able to get away with that? I know it was the 40s, but... <laughs> Nowadays, he could just put, like, a service goat vest on it. They'd have to let him bring it in. That would solve that. I mean, we all knew what the curse was in Chicago for baseball. The, the team on the other side of town threw a World Series. Yeah, right. And then nobody won... Nobody won a playoff series in Chicago again until the 2003 Cubs beat the Braves. Right. So, it was the White Sox' fault. It wasn't the Cubs' fault. They were just the poor, innocent, patsy neighbors. Sure. They were guilty by by eight miles of city. geography. Yeah. It was terrible. So the the playoffs, everybody's going to start on Friday. So you're going to have four games on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday, any series that isn't done will wrap up. And then there are no games Monday, and Tuesday, every series starts. Then right. on Wednesday, only the National League plays. That's when they finally start staggering games. But I guess that was the, not to give anybody an advantage with an extra rest day. Because the whole idea of this is the, it's not, I mean, the wildcard games, they're not a cash grab or anything. Um, They're really just about giving an advantage to the teams with the two best records in each league. And the only way to do that is to make the wildcard teams play as many games play a possibility of playing four games in five days and burn out their pitching staff. Right. So that'll be good. Um, all of the games are on ESPN, ESPN2, or ABC. There's playoff games on ABC again. How about that? Is it going to be Not Keith, like is it going to be Keith Jackson? Five or something. And Earl Weaver, <laughs> yeah. and who else did the 84 Cubs? Was that Don Drysdale? Who was the third guy? Anyway. It wasn't Cosell, was it? Well, they had to have a National League team and an American League team. Yeah. Announcing team. I'm pretty sure the Cubs got Earl Weaver for some reason. That sounds right. So, uh, they're all dead. So chances are 
pretty good chance they won't be doing the games. But you never know. So that will also be interesting, just to see um, who all the announcing crews are. Because you, know, you got to have four of them for a network that has scaled back their baseball coverage to the point where they only have one. They basically only well, do one game a week now. And now all of a sudden, they might have to do 12 in three days. Isn't one of the teams going to be Michael K and A-Rod? Oh, God, is it? Are they going to just sit on there? Are they not going to go? Are they just going to sit on couches and watch it on TV? I don't know. I, I know. I, I don't know if it's a an extra broadcast or what, but like you say, they don't have enough teams for all that fancy statcast a thon or whatever version channel. I wonder if so. they're going to... Uh, they could... Uh, well, then they're going to do these on radio, too, so they really are going to need... Uh, they're going to need eight teams. But I don't know who's listening to those things on the radio. Me in the car going to soccer practice. That's about it. So here we go. Not only do we know who the teams are, I can tell you what series they're doing. How about this? And you were right. Mm-hmm. So their number one team of Carl Ravitch and his hairpiece, David Cohn, Eduardo Perez, and Little Buster Olney. Uh, they are going to do Mets Padres. Hmm. Michael K, A-Rod, and Alden Gonzalez are going to do the Phillies and the Cardinals. Alden is a writer. Well, he must... I've not seen his work on TV. Well, he gets to do some. You know, that sideline report's not easy. Taylor McGregor, tell you that. You got to be able to. You got to be able to read stuff off your phone while holding a microphone. Um. All right. They're confusing me. Who did we decide is playing? Okay, so it's Rays, Guardians, and then Mariners, Blue Jays. Yeah. So Rays, Guardians is Boog Shambi, Doug Glanville, mm-hmm. and Jesse Rogers. Oh, wow. Jesse. And then um, Mariners, Blue Jays. Dave Fleming, Jessica Mendoza, Tim Kirkchen, and whatever a Coley Harvey is. Yeah. Is that another Didn't one? he used to work for um, Marquis? Am I thinking of somebody else? Hey, everybody's worked for Marquis already oh, in two years. So fair so. enough. And did we get Philly and St. Louis? Who's doing that? That's Michael K. and A-Rod. Oh, it is. Okay, from their sorry. couch. Yes, from their couch. They're going to do it from their co- from a couch in the Cardinals clubhouse. They're just <laughs> going to be in the building, but they're like, you know what? We don't want to, we don't want to go up all those stairs. Uh, Maybe ball, from here? ballpark village. Be a slight delay. You can hear the crowd in the background, and <laughs> then they're like, "Oh, another error on Paul Goldschmidt." So. I think, even though they 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 rolled in at seven and seventeen, given that you only have to win twice, right? And the Phillies can throw Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler at you in games one and two, yes. 
That could yes. be your big upset. Not that I'm rooting for it or anything. <laughs> the Phillies over the Cardinals. I agree. I've been uh, kind of, I wouldn't say worried. You would be worried. I wouldn't be worried. I would be wondering if uh, how um, this whole Cardinal devil magic thing might extend into the uh, playoffs with Pool Jose and uh, Wayno and Yachty trying to figure out how deep they could get into the playoffs. I'm just, I'm not sure if they set up as well other than being home. You know, Nola and, um, and uh, Wheeler, they're not left-handed, so Albert's got a little kryptonite there. I don't know. I, I don't know about him hitting a ho- going deep against one of those guys. Most of the guys that he hits the home runs against are left-handers. Well, he so should. That would be like Ranger Suarez in yeah, Game Three if it right. comes down to that. Like Albert shouldn't start games one or two because he right he doesn't probably hit right-handed not. pitching. But there's you no way though. To. There's no way they won't do that. There's no way he won't start. At least the first game. Yeah. And they're they're going to be without Tyler O'Neill for the at least the first round. And Ryan Helsley left the game today with a jammed middle finger, I think. That's happened to me so in he, St. Louis before too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you were if you were doing if he was doing what you were doing, but. Yeah. <laughs> Just going up to random people on the sidewalks and showing them that finger. <laughs> Look at this, Take buddy. This, bud. How you like this? Huh? Uh, you Ooh. know, I kind of would like to see Helsley be healthy and and the Cardinals win the first round, so they go to Atlanta, and Atlanta would be forced to reckon with the, the chop again, like they were last year, and they they toned it down when Helsley came to town. And this year, it's uh, there's no filter on that anymore, so they they're back to doing the chop. And yeah. Helsley's a, um, I forget what nation he's from, but somewhere in Oklahoma. Well, he's he's Cardinal Nation now, Dave. All right. So that would have been a fun subplot, but I agree. I think the Phillies, uh, if we're jumping into this portion of the yes preview, uh, I they. Those two guys, Nola had a perfect game going for uh, seven innings the other day against the Astros, and Wheeler is top-notch, too. And, you know, Pujols doesn't hit right-handed pitching. And the Phillies also can mash the ball. I think they, um, you know, they they didn't have all their uh, pistons working, but, like, um, our friend uh, Nick Castellanos has been below average all year, but Harper and Schwarbs and uh, Reese Hoskins and JT Rio Mudo and they're really good, and uh, they they just might be able to bludgeon the Cardinals to death. Yeah, and pitch over them too. Well, and this, I mean, the playoffs are always a crapshoot anyway. But now, especially with this weird two out of three, you know, it rewards teams with top end talent far more than it does the kind of depth mm-hmm. that you build to win over 162 games. Right. Um, now the Cardinals, are, I'm sure they're going to start Wainwright in game one, right? You would think. And then either Miles Nicholas or Jose. Chaz Miles Michael. Uh, not Jose Quintana. 
with his 062 ERA since the trade deadline. <laughs> I saw that Aaron Nola has more than 220 strikeouts and 30 walks. That's great. It's oh, like I a love Jose that. Jose Hernandez yeah. season. <laughs> Patrick Wisdom could do it if it, somebody gave him enough at bats. He's like, okay, so over two twenty strikeouts and under thirty walks, I can do that. That's not a that's not a problem. I'll even hit you twenty eight bombs while I do it. How'd you like that? Gotta watch out for that Jordan Montgomery too. That was a quite a move that the Mo made with yeah. the Yankees. Just a weird a weird trade by the Yankees, I thought. Right. Oh, we got too many pitchers. Like do, do you? Oh, we gotta have somebody go and catch the ball in center field. How about that? The guy with the plantar fasciitis. <laughs> Let's get him. Like, wait a minute, what? Why? See, you're getting a guy for his defense, and he he's in a boot. That doesn't seem like a smart thing. Then we got had to listen on a Sunday night baseball thing with uh, Harrison Bader all mic'd up talking about it. The haircut he had to get. It's like I just right. who cares. Like, did they tell you you had to get one? No, I just knew. Oh, good. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, I think the Phillies are going to win it. <clears throat> just because it would make uh, the postseason more enjoyable for me because uh, the Cardinals will be gone, and I can just watch all the games. Um, <laughs> the other nationally... Well, the White Sox on the other side, so you're good. Yeah. Yeah, the White Sox, I didn't really avoid out of spite as much out of just pure disinterest. <laughs> Cardinals I actively don't watch. The White Sox I passively don't watch. In fact, I, I did watch the final game of the Guardian series just because I thought it would be fun. And oh man, was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was quality TV. Watching miserable, watching 11,000 miserable White Sox fans and their miserable team that had just packed it up. It was great. Uh, the other nationally wildcard series is going to be the Mets and the Padres. Uh, the Mets seem pretty well set up for a wildcard series. Uh, as long as their two ace pitchers' arms are still attached. I don't think it would be a lot of fun to have to win. To have to, you Basically, if you're the Padres, you're facing elimination in game one of a three-game <laughs> series with Jacob deGrom and then Max Scherzer coming up. But if you beat one of them, if they win game one, man, then the Mets really start to pucker. Well, I uh, I know Bob Melvin's teams in Oakland have won a postseason series, but it might only be like one or two times. He's not really – he's good for – he was good for getting the Padres through the regular season. I'm sure that his – his being the manager, maybe anybody but Jace Tingler being the manager, but Melvin, be, you know, we have to give him, I mean, he's there. So that got him to where they are. But I don't know that uh, Melvin's postseason record with the A's should necessarily make them all that optimistic about what happens next. So, Well, he's going up against the the regular postseason brilliance of Buck Showalter. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So that'll be it'll be interesting if nothing else. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So over in the American League, we have the Guardians and the Rays. Um, So I watched, I was watching some Guardians games late in the season, mostly to watch them clinch. And their announcers, uh, especially Rick Manning, were convinced that the secret weapon that the Guardians have is that they don't strike out. And in the playoffs, they're going to be this pesky team that plays the opposite of everybody else. Yeah, That's going to be that I thought. Rick, you're right. For the two games they play in the playoffs, they're not going to strike out hardly at all. They're also <laughs> probably not going to score. <laughs> so, good job. Is that true, too, that they don't strike out? I don't they know. They strike out the fewest. They have the lowest strikeout rate in the big leagues. Yeah. I think all because of Stephen Kwan, all by himself. Right. No, but that's a real thing, and... Um, you would do you, you can kind of convince yourself, right? Like, oh, you know, that would be good. You see all these guys just like I watched um post 20, 2016 every Cub playoff game was just everybody swinging from their ass and nobody ever getting any big hits. Um but how many you see a lot of big home runs in the playoffs because it's hard to score. It's hard to string hits together. Right, and if that's your only attack, it might not work as well. They and they well, they need uh, you know as good as they've been playing. You know, Jose Ramirez for the the past three months has been very ordinary. He's not really. I mean, they could have won by more mm-hmm. if Jose Ramirez had been hitting like an all star in the second half, but he's been, you know, ten percent better than average since uh for three months so um you know this has been like you know you mentioned Stephen kwan and oscar gonzalez and andres jimenez has had a great season but they they don't hit a lot of home runs either like you said so is there any um, any chance they would bring rajay davis back just for the (laughs) maybe they're still working on the outfield so uh yeah they are next to last in home runs so that's that's interesting. And it's funny, I looked at the strikeouts and they they certainly are lowest rate, but Houston is right there next to yeah. them. So right. it's not like nobody plays like the Indians, Rick Manning. The Astros and the Mets are right there too. And the Cardinals are fifth, oddly enough, Blue Jays sixth. So you see a, bu- a bunch of teams that are in the playoffs don't strike out all that much either. So, But th- I think they also hit home runs. You know, the Astros are like fourth, and uh, Cardinals are eighth, and so yeah, the Indians they don't they don't take the big cuts, and it you know it doesn't strike them out, and they don't get home runs either. So yeah. it also feels like they're if that's if that's your approach, you've drawn the wrong team in the first round too to try it against the Rays. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Yeah. Is uh, do we know is Tyler Glass now going to be on the postseason roster? 
Yeah, I mean, they haven't said it yet, but uh, he's, he he is certainly tracking that way. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, maybe he threw 60 or 70 pitches in his last appearance. So we're not talking about a guy who's going to be able to certainly complete a game or come close, but might get them, you know, if he's super efficient, which, and he isn't that usually, um, you know, maybe he can go five. Yeah. But he's going to be around, and he'll either, you know, have a, a start or, I mean, we'll see him in the first couple games for sure in some form. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So he pitched twice, but all in the last week. Yeah. And uh, he pitched six and two-thirds, gave up one run, four hits, struck out ten. <laughs> right. So, And they were against the Red Sox and the Indians, or the Guardians. Did it. I almost got through the I was got through that whole segment without calling him that. But how about this? In three innings against the Guardians, he struck out three. In three hmm. and two thirds against the Red Sox, he struck out seven. So even he had trouble. The Red Sox is more his more recent start against the Red Sox, correct? Yes. It was yeah. um, Monday. Right. But it's just kind of crazy that you get you got a week to go and you're like, all right. Our best pitcher's ready. <laughs> he hasn't pitched for a year and a half, but here he is. You know, they almost traded him to the Cubs last year at the deadline. That's right. For yeah. Chris Bryant. And they didn't do it. Which probably worked out fine for them. And then the other wild card series is... The Blue Jays and everybody's sentimental favorite, the Seattle Mariners. Right. At least mine. Uh, they ended the longest current playoff drought in North American sports with Cal Raleigh's <laughs> extra inning. Was it extra inning or just ninth inning? Pinch hit, walk off, home run. Yeah, it was the bottom of the ninth. Apparently is the first pinch hit walk-off home run ever to clinch a playoff spot in Major League Baseball. Well, they had to expand the playoffs to do it, but it's still very cool. And the the kid who caught the home run, it's like a 17-year-old fan, got to go on the field and meet Cal Raleigh, which I'm sure was a thrill for him. But So that I thought that was neat. Is Julio Ramirez back? Yeah, but is Julio Ramirez is back, back, back from his week back that he got about a week back? Right. So he's got a sore back, a recurring deal, and they said it's all calmed down now. But who knows? You know, they're going to have to play on that turf up there in yeah. Canada, and uh, so we'll see how. You know, they really could use him. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Whether he's a, you know, you consider him a. Or you're talking about a rookie, or just, you know he's one of the better hitters in the league already. So uh, they're going to need him to to do a couple things to win that series. Probably they don't like you said. There's no home games for the for the Mariners. So even though they're the the scrappy underdogs, this is uh, what they do. You know they do have uh, a, a decent bullpen, maybe a little better than Toronto's, 
and really good starting pitching. It doesn't necessarily translate like Scherzer and um, DeGrom, but, um, you know, Luis Castillo, really good. Logan Gilbert, terrific second-year pitcher. Um, Robbie Ray, who, you know, didn't pitch like a Cy Young candidate this year, but um, does well enough, and he's going back to Toronto, presumably. So, and uh, so the Mariners are they're they're not in in terrible shape, and and would be in good shape going forward in the in the postseason if they can get past the, the Blue Jays who have a real good hitting team. But the Mariners, with all that starting pitching, uh, you know, going into the seventh, eighth inning every time, would be in good shape to, to make a long run in the postseason if they can um, get past this this first team. And it's tough without any home games. Yep. But you only got to win two. So I also found it odd. I thought that they were going to – they're not reseeding for the second no. round. Like, we know that the winner of St. Louis-Philly is going to Atlanta. Right. Even though if the Phillies win, they would be the lowest remaining seed, and you would think that they would send them to face the Dodgers, but they're not doing right. that. It's a straight – they fill out the bracket, and you just follow the bracket. Um, so the winner of Seattle-Toronto goes to Houston. Right. I'm not sure what – you know, I don't know what you would prefer – in that case, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, the Dodgers and the Braves, they both have the, the best record in the league. People are probably, maybe they're a little more afraid of the Braves just because, you know, we're back in the playoffs like last year. They're hot. They overcame the Mets. But, I mean, you know, is the, the Dodgers a better choice to play? I, probably not. And uh, American League, you know, the Houston um, – has been the best team since July 1st or so by a lot. The Yankees are not much more than 500 in that time. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't really need to be that much better. So that can be deceiving a little bit. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I maybe would rather play the Yankees, but it's not like I would be happy about that either. So I don't know what's, what's better to do there in that situation with the possible reseeding. I just assumed that no matter who won the Guardians Rays series, they would send the Twins to face the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> just call them up, Rocco. What again? God damn no! We, you get, don't, we don't even want to go. You got to tweet that. That's good. I like that a lot. That's a good joke. All right, I'll write that down. Uh, I, do we think the Dodgers are that good? They're only going for their hundred and eleventh win tonight. Is that good? Uh, yeah, third third best uh, run differential in history. I mean, they've lost I fifty believe. games. Seems like a lot. So of it, it can be done. Fifty beating them can be done. Obviously, it's happened fifty times. How good can you be if you lose fifty times? I'm sure the Padres are just really excited about the prospects of getting <laughs> to play them. Now, who do we play? We upset the Mets. Who do we get? We get the Dodgers. Oh, no, we don't want that. Uh, we'd like to go somewhere else. Could we? It's like the old Bill Murray Hercules thing. Oh, I can't lift that rock. I could lift a smaller one. The Padres like, oh, we can't beat the Dodgers. We could beat a worse team. Do you have one of those? 
Let's see what they were against them this year. Maybe they weren't too bad. Oh, no, they, uh... The Dodgers were 14-5 and five against the Padres. Yeah. It's It's been a couple they, of years since the, the Padres were competitive with the Dodgers. The Dodgers the outscored head. the Padres 109-47. to 47. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Honestly, the Dodgers' 110 wins, it's mostly built up against the Cubs. They won all seven Just games them. against the Cubs. Right. Yeah, well, it'll be fun. Um, it's going to be a lot of baseball. Just the way we like it. Eight games in two days, no matter what. And then, who, and then whatever's left over on Sunday. It is funny how this their whole they have to build this you know, America's pastime. They clearly have to build their whole postseason around football. Right. They're like, okay, we gotta we gotta hurry up. We gotta we gotta at least start playing by Friday, because if we have our we, our second round of games, a full slate can't be on Sunday because nobody's gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll have some of these series out of the way by Sunday, so we won't have too many to stack up against whoever the Bears are playing. Vikings. Oh, yeah. I'm coming all fresh off of Minnesota. Or off of uh, London. A huge NFC North clash. Hmm. Um, So, um, the White Sox are back in the market for another manager. Tony Ugh. Tony LaRusso's uh doctor, Nick Riviere, I told him. <laughs> Dr. Oz. <laughs> Tony's like, I'm gonna need a doctor's note so I don't have to manage next year. Okay, I can get sure, I can get you one. <laughs> and it was funny, there were guys who were like, look at it, they were showing pictures of the of the press conference and they did it in the afternoon before a night game and all the players were there. Bob Nightingale talking through his nose, like always, was like, see, this shows what respect they had for Tony. They all came to the press conference. Like, do you, th- you think maybe they all showed up just to make sure he quit? <laughs> <laughs> like, we better go down there. What if he changes his mind? All right, yeah, let's do it. <sighs> so immediately, the top candidate for the job, according to Ozzie Guillen, is Ozzie Guillen. <laughs> is there any possible way that they would be like okay we look at all the shit we took for bringing back an old manager uh hey let's try it with ozzy now like, yeah that's just sort of one of the layers there one of the, the the troubling you know one of the reasons to not do it it's only there's like three or four other reasons too but yes, that's certainly one of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, see look. the AJ Przinsky thing for the same reason. It's kind of the, um, although obviously a completely opposite temperament. But I know how much Jerry did not like having to whack Robin Ventura. Right. So I have a feeling the the former player of recent vintage is probably not on the table either. Uh, my but, piece I mean, of advice for them, sorry, would be sure. why don't you just go hire somebody who's been a good manager somewhere else? You have a really good team, but your your window is quickly closing. You managed to squander two full years of it. Maybe go do that. So like do a do La Russa, but in a more 
somebody who hasn't been out for 10 years who's not almost 80. That's right. <laughs> somebody like Larusa, but different in, in a couple of key ways. Right. Just like Tony, only completely different. So I know the name that would scare the shit out of Cub fans, but I, there's no way the White Sox would hire him would be Joe Madden. Hmm. I just I can't imagine that they'd be like that. Rick Hahn is like, okay, I'm hanging on by a thread. I'm going to bring in the guy I have no connection to, who's going to who's already bristled at the fact that he had to do things a certain way at his last stop, and I'm not going to be able to tell this guy anything. So they're not hiring Joe. At least that's what I tell myself. I don't I don't know, but I don't get that. I I get the same feeling. Yeah, I just I don't think they want to. I don't think Rick wants to mess with that. I mean, they really, I mean, you would think, given what you say about Han hanging by a thread, uh, how old is Jerry? 84? Something like that? Yeah, he's old. I mean, it needs to happen now. I don't even know what it is, but it, it needs to happen now. They need to make the most of what the, whatever they have. Something like 2021 needs to happen in 2023. I mean, it doesn't even need to be, they just need to, they can't miss the playoffs again. No. That's basically the, the, the bar. So you think they just go back to Ricky Renneria? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you know what? We'd like to apologize. <laughs> I don't even think they'd have to do that. I think he would he, <laughs> he would, would come, come back. Um Willie Harris has thrown his hat into the ring, but nobody could see it because he was laying on his <laughs> stomach when he did it. But he wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to see him uh, interviewed, certainly. Uh, the bench coach of the Astros is always talked about as a guy. He doesn't have managerial experience. But uh, Joe Espada is a dude that, uh, to use the dusty terminology, who is, uh, they're like, this guy has a chance to be, you know, the next good young manager who hasn't and I don't even know how old he is but the next guy who hasn't really managed in the majors yet who could be good at it so um, that's like probably a guy that should be looking at too he was one of the guys that the Cubs interviewed when they were pretending that they hadn't already made up their mind that they were hiring David Roth hmm. and I think he thought he had a really good shot at the job right and he didn't because nobody did it was all uh, it was all a little show to make it look like he- do you like how this the Cubs season has gone in the end as it pertains to Ross maybe being a decent manager? Um, you know, I don't know. I've heard a couple of opinions like, well, they got a couple more players back toward the end of the season and they won some games and – yeah, maybe I mean, Ross isn't so bad. And I agree, they he, were they were just uh, David Bodie and Esteban Quiroz away <laughs> from contending all along. Um, I'm not saying contending, but oh. yeah, no, it was it, it was hotly hotly contested in in Chicago. Uh, a lot of passive aggressive uh, tweets. Uh, some of them aimed at me. Some of them aimed at uh, Bert from uh, Bleacher Nation. Brett was very excited about the way the Cubs finished that. They went 11-1, and which actually started the day after they got eliminated, which I, I thought was really <laughs> interesting. Were you guys really feeling pressure? You were 24 games out. 
Did you need the, oh, we're eliminated? Okay, now we can play free. Like, wait, what? No, you've been doing that all year. Um, my, my fear with Ross is that we saw him manage a good team. The first, the first half season and a half of his career, he had a good yeah. team, and it was pretty underwhelming. <laughs> they got off to a 13. I, he, I, I give him credit for this. The Cubs were one of the few teams that, when the pandemic ended, were ready to go. Like they really were, and they went thirteen and three to start. And then he's been. Then they weren't good. They weren't good the rest of that year, and they weren't good the whole up until the trade deadline the next year. Um, but it was also the first. That's like the first hundred and some games of his managerial career. So it'd be yeah. hard to hold much against him. The thing I don't get all gooey about is the look how hard they play for him. It's like, well, that seems like kind of the like. That's kind of like the bare minimum, right? Like it's a right. it's a red flag when they don't, more than it's right. a badge of honor when they do. And you got a bunch of guys who, quite honestly, when this team is good, should not be in the big leagues, at least not for the Cubs. So of course they're going to bust their ass. This is the you know this is fantasy camp for them. They've got to do <laughs> the thing they dreamt their whole life and didn't think was ever going to happen, and then here they are. Um, their spirited play at the end of the year would mean more to me if there were more players who you thought were actually going to be back next year who were doing things. Right. Like, they made clear strides, as much as I like to make fun of their vaunted pitching infrastructure and their magic cameras in the pitch lab. They really did make strides pitching-wise, which has helped, and that's been a big part of their decent record since the trade deadline. Right. But offensively, you've got... I guess Ian Happ will probably be back. But you got Seiya Suzuki and Nico Horner, and that's it. Because you're not bringing Wilson back. So, and I, the Cubs very clearly want to move Nico to second and go get one of the shortstops. Which means you all you need is a first baseman and a shortstop and a third baseman and a starting catcher and a center fielder <laughs> and a number one starting pitcher and like four arms for the bullpen and a closer. That's all you need. That's, you're that close to contending. But as we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, if you if you can do some of that in the off season and you got the money to do it, there's no reason why you can't. You can put together a team that should certainly be in the hunt for a playoff spot next year. They can at how, least be, how low the bar is. They can at least be one of the teams that tries to win That's right. and maybe doesn't get in. Yep. And honestly that would be that would be progress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he Ross has basically had a free pass since the trade deadline last year. And it ends when he shows up for spring training next year. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, buddy, we've, you've got to, we're not mailing it in anymore. See what you can do with it. Uh, John Greenberg had suggested that the Rick Hahn just trade for A.J. Hinch, since that's who he wanted to hire instead of Tony. Yeah, and he came up with a trade where the uh, White Sox also get Javi Baez because <laughs> Sox fans <laughs> love Javi so much. Um, yeah, if they wanted to trade something for David Ross, you know, I I would certainly listen. They call me. I see. I can facilitate it. So there's that. So, do you have an MVP vote? Do you get to vote on any of the big awards? I get to vote for um, American League Rookie of the Year. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, my last couple were manager, 
and there might have been one other thing. I don't remember now. Blanking out. But I know my most recent votes have been for a manager of the year. I think it's like 2019 or 2018 might have been my the last time. So, yeah, I've been uh, actually putting some brain cells into that. So we've got Julio Ramirez. We've got uh, Adley Rutschman from the uh, Orioles, the catcher, and we've got Stephen Kwan, our friend from the uh, Guardians. And I, I, I think those are the three guys. We get to vote for three. Is, is I think Lur- those are the guys. Is that Luis Garcia was he not a rookie? Who was that? Luis Garcia was he not a rookie? <laughs> no, he was not. Oh, otherwise, it probably Tony would have. Right. Tony would have asked you to vote for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I. Yeah, I would have got some uh, literature from the White Sox about that. Had uh, had he been up, and I know. Uh, I don't even know if people will get this joke, but Randy Arozarena has been a rookie of the year candidate for like three years. <laughs> yep. You know, two years ago, he hit a bunch of home runs and last year he did all kinds of stuff and he was a rookie of the year candidate both times, but he's not anymore. We can't vote for him. Or if you do, it's, it's not going to count. So it won't be him. Well, that was, he, that, was that was very Greg Jeffries of him. The, Great reference, Where absolutely. He had that great postseason in '88. He was unbelievable, and he was right. a rookie in '89, and he was so good that Jerome Walton beat him up for, for rookie of the year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Dwight Smith was second, wasn't he? He was. The Cubs were one-two. Woo! That was a fun year. Even Curtis Wilkerson was good. Yeah, that was a fun year. That was until 2015. That was my favorite year of being a cup fan um, yeah i can see that for sure and then we had a whole debate last week about uh 98 because there was some guys like i wish i had been i wish i was yeah. old enough to enjoy 98 and i'm like hell you didn't miss that much i mean it was fun but they were bad it was good because the previous year they had started 0 and 15 or whatever it was and uh gary Gaetti was a nice addition and and you know, then they decided they, they, they and, pushed their luck, and they Gary was their starting third baseman in '99. Yes, <laughs> it's like, oh, guys, no, no, that's not how this is supposed to work. No, you run, you just you literally rang every productive bit out right. of him. Right. They learned the lesson in '08 when they didn't bring Jim Edmonds back in '09. Yeah, uh, but the '09 Cubs were bad. Yeah. So this was something we unearthed when we were doing "Remember This Crap" on the uh, the great '96 Cubs was so in 95 they finished the season they could they, they wouldn't lose they were at the brink of elimination you know it was the weird short season because it was coming off the strike it yeah was, so it was the first year of the wild card because there was no wild card in 94 because of the strike right. and the cubs were just kind of like they were a very mediocre team they had a, they, their big trade was for todd zeal <laughs> and um they get down to like the last homestand and they're like, they're, they're, they're a whisper away from being eliminated and they just wouldn't lose. They won eight in a row and got eliminated on the second to last day of the season. And we're like, Oh, next year, this team is up and coming and they're going to be great. Well, spoiler alert, <laughs> they weren't, but this is what we learned during the 96 one was they finished that season. They lost, um, they lost their first, no, they lost, they were two and fourteen to finish the season, mm. and then they mm. started the next season zero and fourteen. 
They went two and twenty-eight. My goodness, in thirty consecutive games. That must have been difficult. Yeah, I. That must have been difficult to handle. It's a That's lot like, of losses. I've, I'm amazed at Jim Riggleman. Uh, he should have been on like they should have like took his shoelaces. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, all right. So we got to keep an eye on Jim. Things are, and, and things we are know, normal. and we know in those days he was taking the train to work and just watch out for the third rail. You know, I mean, so. Riggleman survived finishing a season two and fourteen, starting a season zero oh and fourteen. He managed two different Cub teams that had stretches where they lost thirty out of fifty games, <laughs> where they had, where they had. Um, so what is that? You go, if you lose 30 out of 50, you win 20 out of 50. It was just awful. I really like it. He is. Well, I mean, he was still I kicking with the Cubs until after, until the end of 99. Right. Actually, there you go. There's a White Sox manager, a candidate. <laughs> Jim Riggleman. He'd be good... Uh... I mean, his best move ever, don't you think, was when he demanded that the Nationals make him the permanent manager. Right. And they fired him and hired Davey Johnson. (laughs) 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 Oh, is that what you want, Jim? Yeah, pack up your shit. (laughs) We're going to the playoffs next year without you. No, I was was wondering, um, so who would you vote for? for American League Most Valuable Player. Yeah, sorry, I got off on a tangent mm. there. But, uh, I like tangents. Tangents are good. Man, that's a... I, I spent a lot of uh, brain cells on this question, too. I think that I would vote for Otani. Um, you know, I like to be able to prove things with statistics, or at least show a lot of evidence. And, and I'm not sure how... You know, it kind of flies in the face of that, because there's guys who are smarter than me who say you know things like war and account already for how valuable Otani is but I just feel like the difference here is you know here's a guy who you know war relies on a replacement player level you know and there just is nobody to replace them you need two different guys to do it and you know I'm gonna die on that hill that you know he's one of the I don't know exactly what the number is. Five or ten best hitters and pitchers in the league at the same time, and that's nuts. Especially in this day and age, with uh, all the advantages that people have. You know, it wasn't like last year where you could be, you know, Babe Ruth side. Not last year, but a hundred years ago, where you could be Babe Ruth and go out there and, um, you know not be the best athlete ever and still manage to do what he did. And um, in some ways, I feel like it is still obvious that Otani is the most valuable player as long as he is competing at a high level at at hitting and pitching. There's nobody that does it like him. Um, There was a a stat on Twitter, and it has to be true if it was on Twitter, that since 2021, Shohei the pitcher has the lowest OPS plus against – and as a hitter, hmm. he has the highest OPS plus. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's good. Oh, I like that. I'm going to look for that. Yeah. So if that's really true, I don't know how you can be more valuable 
than that. That and, said, that all said, what I what I sort of would like to see happen. At the same time, I think you could make a good case that um, judges, at least the the home run part, given the the relative condition of the baseballs that they use, presumably. Uh, not being as good as, you know, in Barry Bonds' time, or or even like the one from three years ago, yeah. um, you could make the case that, you know, this is one of the best home runs. This is the best home run season anybody's ever had. You know, Ruth didn't have to face, you know, anybody from the Dominican Republic or anybody with black skin or or whatever. And there's all kinds of other advantages players in that era would have had um you know what i would like to see happen is though that the the electorate for the mvp get together and sort of throw it maybe not like white Sox 1919 white Sox style but hmm. make it so it, it comes out even so they share it and i think that that would be fine too but i still would would give the edge to otani anyway you but mean- i'd like to see them both win because it's what Judge is doing is historic and one of the best ever. But Otani is definitely like nothing else anybody's ever done. So you're saying uh, like the year that it just it just happened to work out that Brett Favre and Barry Sanders tied for the NFL MVP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe the baseball writers have too much integrity. But um, well, call Peter King. He can, he can tell you how that how that works. <laughs> to make sure that Favre gets to glom on to another MVP trophy when Barry was clearly should have been the MVP by himself that year. Maybe uh, maybe he built... Brett probably got money from the state of Mississippi to build a field hockey uh, field for Peter, for Peter's daughter. <laughs> now, for, oh, for certain... Let's look now at every transaction ever that maybe even tangentially is related, related to Brett Favre. For a certain a certain narrow segment of people, who would have uh, would have read the Monday Morning Quarterbacks back then when Mary Beth King was in high school, in which I fit into, that was a very funny joke that I just made. <laughs> I amused myself, if no one else. Uh. And the nationally most valuable player. Uh, uh, you know, I don't. Um, I'm giving it. To, I'm still giving it to Esteban Quiros. <laughs> he was 0 for four um, tonight. Um, he came into the game hitting 286. He's been playing for a month, hitting 286 with a 286 slugging, and I admire that. That's that's good. You know, stop. There's no reason. Stop it first. That's fine. First base, you're safe. First base, you're <laughs> a safe spot, Esteban. You get first. Don't keep running. Just stop every time. Remember, you know, I remember don't Adrian know. Cardenas? Um, a utility infielder type, played for the A's and the Cubs. Sure. I believe Adrian's first four major league hits were doubles. How's that for some random trivia? That's pretty amazing. Yep. And he may only gotten those four hits. Sorry, I stepped all over what you were going to say there. That's all right. Um... I guess I would still go with Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. He, he's been very 
mediocre. Middle of the road for a while, September. So, but the, you know, he hasn't really needed to hit either. But there's not much difference between in terms of accumulating good stats between him and even Arenado and Freddie Freeman. So, I mean, you could go Freddie Freeman, I guess. I don't know. I, I, my context for MVP, if you know, you can probably tell from, you know, I don't care how bad the Angels are. You know, I think taking into account like where the team finishes when it's close and under normal circumstances, you know, maybe you can give a tiebreaker to somebody who's, but you know, Goldschmidt, Freeman, Arenado, Machado, even, you know, Mookie Betts. They're all the teams are all in the playoffs anyway, so yeah, that doesn't really help with the National League very much. Um, you know, Sandy Alcantara has probably been the best pitcher. Yeah, he's going to be Sky Young, but I guess I I don't know. I would Goldschmidt's been the best hitter, but his defense at first base isn't as important, and it hasn't been that good. Arenado is, you know, not quite half, you know, a little better than half as good at the plate, but he's really good at third base. So, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado split the vote enough that mm. somebody else wins. <laughs> It'll probably be Yachty. <laughs> sure. Oh, I, this I is think... unprecedented. Yachty, he only played in 40 games. He he, <laughs> he, he attended more. Uh, Puerto Rican semi-pro basketball games than <laughs> Cardinal games, but he is the most valuable player. Great. Yeah, Yachty might win MB- NBA MVP. This year. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were talking about kind of decoupling the, um, and we're maybe only using it as a tiebreaker, the success of the team for an individual award. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, ooh, Andre Dawson, the Cubs were last place in 1987, and he won MVP. The only flaw in that, I mean, it's true, the Cubs did finish in last place, but the the '87 Cubs weren't bad. They their That's problem true. was they played in the National League. The the three best teams in the National League were in the National League East. Literally, the three best records: the Cardinals, right. the Mets, and the Expos. All won more games than the Giants. The West only had two teams that finished above 500. Like everybody in the East was good that year. They just beat the crap out of each other, and Andre had the right. best year. So. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like when Ernie Ernie earned those the two he won when they were in last place. Right. Andre was not on a bad team. He was on kind of an average team. So. Right. Well, and I just checked uh, Adrian Carninas. I was wrong. <laughs> His first five major league hits were doubles, and he only ever had eleven hits. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember that because they were all with the Cubs. <laughs> Those 2012 Cubs, they are the gift that keeps on giving. All right. Well, I think we have, have thoroughly previewed and reviewed things. All right. Me too. So we could check in once these uh, once these playoff games are being played. And you can tell me how the Cardinals are doing. Fill I'll me let in. you know. Catch keep an eye on it. All right. Well, thanks, David. Okay, Andy. Thank you. Many of us have herpes.